0: Well, welcome to Highlight Church, everyone. So good to see you. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. It's a good day for the pastor when um, I'm looking in the back and they're pulling out extra seats. So God bless you. You made it to church today and uh, the Lord's going to honor your efforts to come on in. So. Hey, uh, we are in a series entitled Dream Big. This is week number two. But before we get started today, I want to give us two announcements. Uh, The first announcement is we are launching HL Youth. Um, Yeah. Uh, Next Sunday, October 28th, uh, HL Youth will be meeting at Zava Zone at 4 p.m., and uh, it's going to be fun. And all that good stuff. I've never been to Zalva Zone. Show of hands, anyone? Zava Zone? Okay, is it fun? Yes. 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 That's that's all we need to know. It's fun. Have a great time. Uh, please stop by our sign-in table out here, sign-up table out here by the front door. Um, your HL youth leaders will be there. Uh, there are three youth leaders that God has prepared to do life with you, to walk alongside you. If you are in middle school or high school, um, they're waiting, they've been praying, they are expectant, they are excited, and they can't wait to see you. Um, and let's just, uh, let's embarrass them. Hey, Mercy and Anisa and if is in here, please stand up. I don't know if is in here. Oh, whoa, wow, sorry, he's right there. Good. That's enough. No, um, man, we love you, and we're excited. Okay. You're looking good, man. <laughs> Thanks, man. We got to go shopping together. <laughs> ah, wow. Next announcement. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to have youth sign-ups uh, this Sunday and next Sunday after the worship experience. And then um, team night, September... <laughs> 27th at 7 p.m. Yeah, if you are a superhero here, uh, be sure to to show up. Uh, I'll be sharing some vision and the heartbeat of our church. If you're not a superhero, you are invited to join. Please do. Um, especially if you just joined. Well, we don't do membership here. We, we, we emphasize participation. But uh, if you just became a superhero, please come it's going to be extremely informative and uh, necessary for you to understand the heartbeat of our church um, and where we are headed. So I, I challenge you to get there. I want it to be the biggest, most well-attended uh, team night that we've ever had. I think the largest team night we ever had was like 70. We have almost 100 superheroes right now, so it would be good to get 100 out of 100 there um, this Saturday. Um, we won't have childcare, and I'd encourage you, if you can, set up a sitter. Uh, if not, um, have some kind of plan for sitting them down next to you quietly. This will be a, a preaching team night. Um, so, yeah, but we can't wait to see you. That'll be 7 p.m. this Saturday coming here, Shady Grove Middle School. All right, let's get into week two. Of Dream Big. Uh, with this series, I, I want to inspire you to, to dream, essentially. Um, and the goal is also to instruct you as to how to receive a big dream from God. And I just believe that God has great things in store for you, uh, for your family, and for your future. And so 1 Corinthians 2.9 says this, it says, this is what the scriptures mean when they say no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Yeah. Uh, so this just pretty much means that we can't fathom up or conjure up God's dream and his vision for our life. Right. You can't you can't put it together. And that's a good thing. Because if you could put it together it wouldn't be supernatural. So it lets me know that any of my aspirations that purely come from me um, fall short of what God has for me. It just it falls short. It can be money. It can be uh, living in a certain country. It can be uh, a certain degree, whatever. Those things are great. They're not necessarily evil. Goals are good, but if it purely comes from uh, carnal you know, source, it it falls short of what God has for you. And so um, it's through revelation that we receive that dream. So God has to reveal his vision to us. Um, And so I love it. I can't fathom it, but he has something for me that I I can't even put together in my mind or process. Uh, This is kind of the, this is the Hanger verse or the main verse of this series and which which we won't preach But this is something I want you to remember. We won't break this down But you'll get the heartbeat of it. Uh, Proverbs 29 18 the message says this if people Can't see Somebody say "can't can't see If people can't see what God is doing they stumble all over themselves But when they attend to what he reveals They are most blessed. So God wants to reveal something that I don't have the ability to frame or to develop myself. And what the Bible is saying here is is that when he reveals it, as you pursue it, as you attend to it, your life is most blessed. That word blessed in the Hebrew means happy. It means that your joy is fulfilled. So it has me wondering, what am I pursuing today that has nothing to do with God? That's going to cause me regret in 10 years versus seeking God for his vision and his dream for my life. And as I pursue it, I step closer and closer and closer to what he has for me versus the other direction. They're most happy, those who pursue the things that he reveals. And so God wants you to know what he's doing, and he wants you to dream big. He wants you to know. He's he's that loving. He's that kind, and he wants you to dream big. So today we're going to take a journey with a prophet. His name is Habakkuk. Someone say Habakkuk. Have you ever heard of Habakkuk? Will you be naming your son Habakkuk? We need to redeem some of these biblical names, especially these minor prophets. Habakkuk. Zephaniah. Zechariah. That's a good name. That's fresh. Zechariah. Habakkuk. I won't be naming my next child Habakkuk, but I encourage you to. But... um. Habakkuk was a minor prophet. You'll find him there right before you get to Matthew. Matthew starts the New Testament, which begins to talk about the life of Jesus. Matthew, uh, Habakkuk is a minor prophet, and it's not because of the scope of his influence, but it's literally he's a minor prophet because of the size of his book. His book is three chapters. Versus Isaiah, who we refer to as a major prophet, his, his book is 66 chapters. Uh, they call the book of Isaiah the mini Bible, because the Bible is composed of 66 books. Uh, you get it. So uh, the scope of his ministry was huge, but he only wrote a short book. And so he preached during the time of the fall of Judah. Uh, Israel, for decades, had turned from God. They, they were in sin, uh, uh, worship worshiping idols, uh, sacrificing their children to Baal. Um, just intermarrying and all this different, thing, different stuff. They were not upholding the law of God, and so God judged them. And this was around 586 B.C. God, the judgment of God was inevitable. And so God was raising up a, uh, an unsaved and ungodly nation named Babylon to come and punish them. And so uh, Babylon today is modern-day Iraq. So he's raising up that nation to come and punish them because of their unrepentant hearts. But anytime uh, con- consequence comes into our lives, it's really God trying to get us get our attention and turn our hearts back to Him. And so He raises up Babylon and and uh, Habakkuk. You know, so you're seeing women go crazy and babies are dying and men are dying on the side of the road. I mean, it was it was havoc because Babylon was there and they were. They were wreaking havoc and killing and taking them captive. And so they were going to be taking the children of Israel from their homeland back to Babylon. And they were going to be in exile. And so Habakkuk, as a preacher in his day, he was broken. His heart was truly broken for the people. And there was nothing he could do. He couldn't pray enough. He could not fast enough. He couldn't read the, read the Bible enough to stop God from issuing this judgment. It, it was going to come. It was going to happen. And so Habakkuk, he brings his brokenness to God. He brings his complaint, and he's saying, God, I know that this is not the dream or the vision that you have for your people. And my heart breaks. You have something greater for us than where we currently are and what we're currently experiencing. And so we're going to pick it up in Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 14 through 17. This is Habakkuk talking to the Lord. He says, Are we only fish to be caught and killed? Are we only sea creatures that have no leader? Must we be strung up on their hooks and caught in their nets while they rejoice and celebrate? Verse 16, he says this to God. Then they will worship their nets and burn incense in front of them. These nets are the gods who have made us rich, they will claim. Will you let them get away with this forever? Will they succeed forever in their heartless conquest? He's praying to God. And I pick up something here, two things that can blind us from the dream that God is trying to give us. I pick up two things within his complaint. He takes it to God, which is the most important thing. Take your mess to God. He takes it to God, but I see two things that can blind us from from dreaming big and the first thing is this is when we focus on the worst outcome when we begin to focus on the worst outcome i mean we, we wake up and we're just oh this is a bad day and oh this is going to be a tough day at work and, oh, yeah. man uh, 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 and i get it life happens and even in our church right now we're in a season where people are sick and we're losing loved ones to death and all this stuff life Certainly does happen. I don't want to minimize the experiences and the trials of life. But when we begin to focus on the worst outcomes, when we literally take our focus and we go, wow, I am worried that this is going to happen. And we zone in on that. It has a blinding effect to what God really wants to show us, to what God really wants to do to what God is really trying to say. So we need to learn how to not focus so much on what happened versus beginning to focus on what can happen, right? So number one, we focus on the wrong things because he's sitting there, are we going to be put up on hooks as fish? God is like, yes, it's going to happen, This is inevitable. Jesus even said it like this. There's a promise that came from the mouth of Christ himself. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. But don't focus on it. And the second thing I see in this text, they will worship and uh, are you going to stop the heartless conquest? The prophet is now he's focused on others. That's the second thing that can blind us from God's big dream. Others. Others. What others have? Do they have a little or do they have a lot? Are they poor or are they rich? What others are doing? What are they doing today? What degree are they pursuing? What business moves are they making? Oh, she just got engaged, but chow, it ain't gonna work. Dang it, it worked and I'm mad and I'm jealous and I'm envious. Focusing on others. Focusing on where people are going. Oh, they're on a plane. Where are they going? <laughs> Social media. Yep. Uh, um, I just did my update on my iPhone. And it shows you on the home screen, one of the home screens, like your time. Right? You, you see that? I, I didn't know this. <laughs> and so guilty is charged like it, it's it has the line right, and, and so this is the line of like be it social media uh reading, whatever, like this is the line, my social media is right here, just all on Instagram and Facebook, just focus on others, and then it says your reading is like me mm-hmm. right focus on others it, it'll prevent you from believing that God has something in store for you, so I want to encourage you to. Take a, take a break. God can handle our concerns, and he wants to show us greater things as we open our hearts to him. Habakkuk 2, chapter 1 says this. So this is what Habakkuk said. He got his mind together, and he said this. He said, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. There's a few things here. I want to give you four ways to receive. So this is the instructional um, message of the series, four ways to receive a big dream. Number one, we have to learn to withdraw. You got to learn to withdraw. If God's going to deposit something into your spirit, if he's going to speak to you, you have to learn to withdraw. Every Monday morning, Uh, For the past three months, I find myself doing this religiously. I do about 30 minutes in the pool, then I go to the jacuzzi for about 10 to 12 minutes. 30 minutes in the pool, jacuzzi, 10 to 12 minutes, and I just simply clear my mind. Every worry, every concern, even every desire, clear it. And I do my laps up and down. I just simply say, God, just whatever you want to put on my heart, put on my heart. Lord, if you want to deposit a vision for, I don't know, the, the senior citizens in our city and you want us to serve that, that platform, we'll, we'll do it. Lord, if you want to talk to me about my mom, whatever, Lord, I'm just, I'm clearing the way. Sunday was full speed ahead. A lot of wins, a lot of problems, a lot of victories, a lot of concerns. I just need to withdraw. I turn my phone off. I leave it in the locker room. I go to the pool in the jacuzzi, and I just... and then I then at times I recite Bible verses. I just speak verses over my life and over my, my family and over my kids and like the Lord just this 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 series was birth in a swimming pool, literally. God said, "I want you to do a series called Dream Big." I said, "Wow, that's good." And it says this here in the Bible about Jesus. Uh, Luke chapter 5, 15 through 16 says this. But despite Jesus' instructions, because when Jesus first got started with his ministry, he would oftentimes tell people, hey, uh, uh, don't tell people who I am. Chill out. Right? Just relax. I'm going to get around. Don't tell people who I am. And he says here, this here. The report of his power spread even faster. So he was trying to hide. But the more he tried to hide the more and more busier he became. And so it says this here, and vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases, verse 16. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. So if Jesus withdraws, the greatest man to ever live, and he did it in 33 years, (laughs) young man, very successful, prolific, dynamic. He's the reason we're all in this room right now. If he withdrew, I need to learn how to withdraw. Why did he withdraw? I'll tell you this: if you read your Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he withdrew every time, uh, 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 he, he, was, he, went to, he withdrew every time he was about to make a big decision, before he chose his disciples, before he walked on water, before. He healed Lazarus, and he raised the dead. Before, before he went to the cross, he withdrew. He went to the Garden of Gethsemane. He got into the presence of God, and he prayed. Before he died for the sins of you and I, he withdrew in order to step fully into the vision that God had for him. And he talked to God. He said, God, if it be your will, take this away from me. This is going to hurt. This is going to suck. La, 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 la. And the Bible says that the father didn't say anything. Because he had already given him the word. You came into the world to die for the sins of the world. So actually what Jesus got in that time when he withdrew was the peace to go out and and to fulfill the will that God had for his life. And so sometimes God won't speak to you, but you need to withdraw so you can get peace to move forward into what God has already called you to. So you need to learn how to withdraw if God's going to confirm some things. The second thing we have to learn to do is request. Habakkuk said it here. He's bringing his complaint to God, and he wants an answer, so we have to learn to request. In January of 2012, I was between medical school and saying, God, I'm going to go into vocational ministry. And so in January of 2012, every January for 10 years now, I fasted for 21 days. That's the reason why our church does a 21-day fast every single January. And I specifically ask God to be clear and concise about my calling. You got to request and you got to be specific. For 21 days, I, I didn't pray for mom. I didn't pray that God rebuked grandma's cancer. I didn't pray for none of that stuff. I got plenty of time to pray for that stuff. I just need clarity on this one thing. If you're going to get a dream from God, You need to ask God to be very specific. And by day 10, the peace came. So I stopped all my med school applications and I quit my full-time job. I got a part-time job that paid me the same as my full-time job, but it afforded me more time to focus on people. Because by day 10, he spoke. And so Matthew 7, 7 through 8, Jesus said this, Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. That's how your prayers are in heaven. I know somebody in there. There's angels in there. Jesus, you in there. Holy Spirit, you in there. Open it on up. You don't ask one time. I didn't get my answer. And then when we do knock, you're like, I'm upstairs on the third floor. People come to my house like this. (laughs) Then they go to the car. Hey, uh, are you home? Yeah, I'm home. Did you knock? That's what Jesus is saying, right? I'm here, but you stop knocking. Yeah, you ain't believe nothing. So you went out on Monday and you just kept working hard, cause you you thought you were gonna bring the dream to pass. You thought you were going to create your route. You were going to create your path. You were going to create your success. You was going to make that man marry you. You was going to make that girl fall in love with you. No, 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 no. So you did this, and you went back out, and you did you. Instead of staying, Lord, i specific. Is he the one, or is she the one? Is this the career Or is it not? I need specific. God isn't afraid to get specific. So Habakkuk had a complaint. The third thing you have to do if you want to receive a big dream from God is you have to learn how to wait. Wait. So after and I'm just going to take you obviously a walk down memory lane because I wanted to make this this message very practical. Um, so for all you biblical scholars If this doesn't tickle your fancy I'm sorry I want to speak to real people Who are trying to figure out life Okay. okay. Um, March 2012 So after I received that clarity From God in January I waited for more clarity Alright so you want me to go into ministry But what do you want me to do With this Like I'm always asking God for the next thing That's the thing, too. God can't give you a big dream if you're satisfied with the little dream he just fulfilled in your life. You ain't dreaming big because you're too stoked about the small one. Whoa, I just got the job. (laughs) Yeah, I got the job. (laughs) First check, three weeks. Got it. (laughs) Three weeks later, you ready to quit? I'm going to get back behind my pulpit. (laughs) I said I was going to behave today because you haven't dreamed more. On, You're not waiting on a bigger revelation. And so you got to wait. March 2012, I'm on my lunch break. Pastor Kyra will tell you. Uh, she was my girlfriend, girlfriend at the time. And so I said, babe, you know, I'm, I'm doing this thing. We're going to quit my job and get my part time. But now what? And so I kept praying. And March 2012, on my lunch break. As clear as day. I was reading Matthew 5, 14 through 16, as clear as day. Everything that's going on right now in this room, I saw. Six years ago, March 2012. Groups, I saw it. Outreach, I saw it. Staffing, I saw it. Influence and impact in the city. I didn't know where the city was going to be that God was. I saw it. I saw it, and it excites me. I got to get over here in a few minutes to show you why it excites me. It excites me because I'm seeing things today that are meant for tomorrow. I saw it, but it came after waiting for it. It it came after a long season of integrity. Yeah, I just met a girl. I'm not going to sleep with her. I'm going to keep reading my Bible. If she is the one for me, I want to marry her. Because I want to honor God in every single step. Even though a lot of people don't know me right now, they don't see me right now. I want to honor my bosses. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to, I'm going to glorify God. Colossians 3.23, And everything you do, glorify Christ. So when he does give you the vision, as you live integrous, with integrity, as you live out righteousness, you don't disqualify yourself for the big vision. We can talk about big dreams all we want, but if you don't have the character to step into the dream, you'll disqualify yourself from it. So I waited and God revealed it to me. And that's what, that's what the prophet is saying. He said, there I will wait to see, watch this, to see what the Lord says. Fourth thing, if you want a big dream from God, you have to read the word of God. How do you see what someone says? I want a big dream from God. There are basic building blocks of the human anatomy. Atoms, molecules, and then you move on to organs and the organ system, right? You cannot see an atom with the naked eye. But God needed to use atoms He needed to use molecules, cells, tissues, organs in order for you and I to exist. The Bible is the basic building block. Or let me put it like this. The the word of God is the inner framework by which God lays out his concealed will for your life. So if I don't know the word of God... God doesn't have a framework by which to put his specific concealed will for our lives into. So the Bible is the basic building block of 40 authors, 1,500 years, spanning, no contradictions. As men were inspired, they wrote, it is truly, in fact, the revealed word of God. So until I can actually get into what God has revealed, God is saying that I have no premise to relate to them what I really want to relate to them. The word of God. So what you got to do if you want to receive a big vision from God, you have to withdraw, request, wait, and read. You have to withdraw, request, wait, and read. God will never stop speaking to you. He'll reveal a dream. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2 says this, Then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets. Next thing you got to do is you got to write the vision. Write the vision. Write the vision. The reason why you have to write what God reveals to you. Is this good today? Okay, good. The reason why you have to write it is because when you write the vision, what you're doing is you're verifying that a transaction between you and heaven took place. Someone called that. You're, ver- you're verifying that God, you in fact spoke to me. And you're saying, I got it. I recorded it. And so you, you need to write it. I know a lot of us don't like to journal or whatever you want to call it, but you got to write it because God can show you something, and if you don't write it, you won't step into it. So these are um, just books from uh, 2012 until the top of 2016, so about four years of of vision, my person, me, four years of vision for my life. And... (laughs) I always revert back to these during the tough times. Um, The cool thing about these books is that um, the more I move forward in Christ, uh, the more and more real God becomes to me. I believe in Jesus. I know God's real. But when you actually have spent years and seasons in the presence of God, withdrawn, Uh, requesting, waiting, reading, and to actually write things that's grounded in the word of God, to write them out practically and to actually see them come to pass. Oh my God, this is gold. So I want to more so share my heart today more than platitudes and I don't want to pontificate the word of God. I really want to help you out. And so uh, I want to share a few (laughs) dreams that have come to pass and then I want to share a few that have not, but I'm, in, I'm inspired. So I call this, um, th- this has become my, my book of dreams. This is the title of today's message, book of dreams. You got to have your book of dreams. This has all of these in here. This is just a, the prettier organized one. As you can see, these four years. Okay, so a couple. So I have... Um, Four uh, my—five mys, but I won't share the fifth one, which is money. I'll share the four. Myself, my marriage, my children, my ministry, my money is not in here, and I won't be sharing it today. Um, My kids got to eat, too. I like vacations, too. So anyway, myself. Um, So this is something I pray back in a long time ago, and it came to pass— even before I started my vision journals here, uh, that I would be a first-generation college graduate. Uh, no one on my mother or, or father's side has ever graduated college. And so the Lord did that um, in my marriage so far, and I always plan for this to be the case, that I would marry one woman for the rest of my life and uh so far i'm god's doing that in my life uh another dream and you can get specific i want to like my wife i told the lord like i want to like her you can love someone but not like them i'll move on uh my children, uh, this is very specific. This is when I first got married. This is actually back 2011, Jesus. I guess there are some other books I didn't bring. I said 2012, whatever. Um, this was very specific. That I would have a child that looked just like me. Because you know it can go either way, depending on the genes. I don't care what none of y'all say. Judah looks just like me. <laughs> it's the nose. We don't have the same hair. But that's my face. (laughs) We're not going to argue about this. And I also asked God to have a boy. I asked him. I asked him. My ministry, um, this is good, um, that I would be ordained as a pastor before 30. And I was ordained at the age of 26. 26 um, at my last church, and then one of my dreams, obviously, you'll find this, and definitely in these books, that I would launch Highlight Church in 2016, moving with at least five people, and God, uh, sent seven people with us, seven being the number of perfection. All that was asked for and requested prior to happening. Now, these are dreams that I'm currently dreaming, grounded in the Word of God, um, that I would re enter school in 2020 and pursue a master's uh, of arts and pastoral counseling. So I want to go back to school. This is interesting. I want to go skydiving. I put that in my book of dreams. Anyone ever been skydiving? Good, good. Praise God. My wife won't let me. Uh, this is one personal. This is kind of my money, but not really. I, I want to personally give $1 million to start other churches, to um, scientific research, to charity before I die and go and be with the Lord. Personally, out of my own stuff. 1000000 So million. I'll go tell you that my money dreams, if I'm giving a million, right? 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 We're coming against this devil. A pastor's gotta be poor. If your pastor's poor, he don't wanna minister to you. He don't wanna lead. Right? You should have the same aspirations. Right? So I wanna give a million. My marriage, oh yeah, uh, future. I I wanna see my wife thrive in her dreams. God is gonna give her dreams and visions. So what I wanna do as a husband is create a platform her to fulfill her dreams. I know she got big dreams. Uh, Another thing is, eventually, I want to travel the world and change the world with my wife. I see us preaching at other churches. I see us raising up other church planters, um, so on and so forth. All right, children. I kind of, I put maybe a third child. And I specifically said, if we do a girl, Um, that's something I've written. Right? You should be thinking about. You should be writing something. I should be giving you ideas to pray. Right? Um, Other thing is healthy boys, full ride scholarships, and major league baseball prospects. God is a person. God is a person. He don't want your boring dream. God I'm hungry. Should I eat chicken or a burger? I don't care. That's why I gave you taste buds. Go get a go get whatever. Give something God give God something to work with. Something that you know needs the participation and the involvement of the Spirit and the power of God. For ministry, uh, we've had right around 100 salvations, first two years of Highlight Church. Good timing. By 2020, I'm praying for 500 salvations. I'm dreaming big for a second and third location by 2024 of Highlight Church. We're looking at Silver Spring and Frederick. Even now, we're dreaming big. Uh, another dream I've written is I want to have influence with the United States government, and I want to be counsel, a counselor to the President of the United States of America by the time I'm 40 years old. And we will have 20 Highlight Church locations by the year of 2040 across this great DMV. The reason I believe that all of those are going to happen is simply because what I've asked for in the past has come to pass. And not just that, all of these dreams are, are, they come from the word of God. So I'm not just coming up with stuff all of these, Jesus wants influence in our government. That's the gospel. Go preach the gospel to all creatures, the president and the poor, right? So we don't just come up with our own stuff. We see what the word of God says, and we do so. So why do you need to write the vision? Number, number one, Oh no! Let's go back to the verse Habakkuk so 2 through 3, and it says this. Then the Lord said to me, "Write my answer plainly on tablets, so that a runner can carry the correct message to others." This vision is for the future time; is for a future time. It describes the end, and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. So why do you need to write the vision? Well, number one, uh, the vision gives gives you fuel to run. So it fuels your faith. You know, it takes about three fill-ups to get from Maryland down to Florida, where we're from. So when we're running low on gas, we stop and we fill up. When you're running low on gas, if you've received dreams visions, clarity from God, you must go back to what you wrote. It's going to be the fuel that you need to keep on running. And that's going to say, man, I can't stop until I actually get to what God has showed me and to what he's promised me. I got to keep going. The second thing when you write the vision, the second thing it does is it gives a target for your faith. A big dream is a target for your faith. So I'm running, but I know exactly where I'm running to. That right there. Influence with the president by forty. I got nine years, but that right there, that's my target. Twenty campuses by the time I'm fifty, whatever. Right there. I got I got twenty years, but I see my target. It's a marathon. I want to be married and I want to like my wife and I want to enjoy her and I want I want her dreams to be fulfilled. I want the dreams to come to pass. You got your running shoes babe? Cuz that's our death is our target. We're going to heaven together. Jesus is our target. Glorifying Jesus is our target. We're on the same team. We got thousands of people to reach. That's the target. Don't worry, they ain't running, they still doubt, they're not in the game, that's fine, we're running, that's all good. We have a target. A dream gives your faith target. So you're not just coming to church, I believe in Jesus, but life sucks. The reason life sucks is because you don't have a dream. Why is it that Christians are oftentimes the most depressed? Hey, hey man. Hey, girl. <laughs> Ooh man, it's been a tough, tough week. I'm so glad Saturday's here. You want to come to church with me? <laughs> I don't want that. I don't want that depression. Wow. I don't want to slip into week three because we're going to be talking about big thinking. Can I just say this? I'm going to get a little, not transparent, but a little personal with some of my old faithfuls. Maybe I should say this in a smaller room, but I'm going to just say this right now. Pastor Kyra and I, we don't have time to have certain conversations that we're continuing to have with some of you. The dream is too big. Where what, what, what is where's the distrust coming from? You're not used to young leaders who are minority. Where is this coming from? We got a target. So unless you want to talk about progress, unless you want to talk about growth, and reaching people, and changing lives, and how you can be better, and how you can get ordained, and how you can get free from addictions. We don't have time to have certain conversations with you. That is enough, and this isn't applying to the entire church. Maybe a select few, but I just, I need it. Just kind of, hopefully that stirs you up. You don't have time to have certain discussions with certain people because the dream is too big. And Jesus said, it's the little foxes that, that eat the vineyard. Ooh, whew. It's the little foxes, the little complaints, the little doubts, the the little comments, the little jokes, the little dishonor, the little this, the little laziness, the little, I'm going to just walk around and not plug in nothing, not pick up nothing. It's the little foxes that eat the entire vineyard. But baby girl, baby boy, I'm trying to tell you something. I want that vineyard to be big because I want to party, I want to drink, I want to eat, I want to pursue that big vision. That's why you need a big dream. That's why people can leave you and you'd be like, love you. Come on. Kingdom. But yeah. what Jesus said. He said, you out? It's a big dream is a target. Woo! For your faith. I said i behave today. Okay. <laughs> Hebrews 11:1: Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. The fact that you believe in it, God has shown it to you. So dreams can't be seen or touched tangibly. But they exist because God has shown you in the spirit that they exist. And I may not have my hands on it now, but I have a target. That's faith. Another reason why you have to write is because you possess divine direction like i even like you should date them and put the time in which you wrote them this one was uh, february 6 2012 i'm i'm talking about like i'm not even ordained yet or nothing I'm, i want to be a pastor of a church I want to win thousands of souls. Uh, I want want to raise up leaders. Like just, it gives you divine direction, meaning that this didn't come from me. Like this came from God. So like, this is the way I'm heading. This is the route I'm taking. Why don't you hang out no more, man? What's going on? God, you, or you and God. God, you, I got to go God. I have a direction. And it's divine. It's from God. It's my calling. It's my vision. It's my dream. I know where I'm going. And I know the direction I'm headed. And I'm not going to compromise for anything. It's too great. This world is too big. There's too much influence. There are too many people who need me to get this dream who need me to stay the course. I have a divine direction, Good. a divine direction. And the other thing it does when you write down is you are fully aware of the process. The prophet, God told the prophet, wait for it shall come to pass. So when you write it, cause it's big. So you understand it won't happen tomorrow. So the reason you need to go back is to remind yourself, dang, this isn't like, God, I want a Happy Meal on Friday. This is like, I want filet mignon in five or ten years. So let me slow it down. Right. He said, wait, it shall come to pass. It's for a future time, not now. And this is the deal. It's often said that we are a popcorn generation, but we're, we've received a vision from a Crock-Pot God. Wow. Two minutes. Beep. Pop, 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 pop. Wow. That's it. But God's like this. A lot of my young leaders, i tell you something. I started out as a youth director. Take time. Takes time. But you're in the right direction. My last point is this. Big dreams have a habit of coming true. Big dreams have a habit of coming true. It's interesting. If you read the rest of Habakkuk, the rest of chapter 2 and all of chapter 3, in chapter 2, what you see, and we're closing out, in chapter 2, God shows the prophet a vision because he said, write it. And you're like, what's the vision? Well, number one, go home and read it. But spoiler alert. Um, He shows him a vision and he says, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to judge your captors. So I'm going to judge Babylon. You won't be in exile forever. And so if you read Habakkuk chapter three, you see that the prophet has hope. He says, I'll wait to see the faithfulness of the Lord come to pass. And I want to say that to you, too, is when God shows you these things, these visions, these dreams, it's because he has every intent on bringing them to pass in his perfect timing. And I'll confirm it with you biblically that God was faithful to getting them out of exile, and judging the Babylonians. Psalm 126, 1 through 3, it says this in the message. Watch this. It says this here. It seemed like a dream. Too good to be true. When God returned Zion's exiles, we laughed, we sang, we couldn't believe our good fortune. So it comes to pass, but it's, it is as good as he promised that it will be. It was like a dream. We're back home. He says this here. We were the talk of the nations. God was wonderful to them. God was wonderful to us. We are one, happy people. Those who attend to what He reveals is most blessed. The word blessed in the Hebrew means happy. Stop following the dreams of your flesh, the dreams of others. Withdraw, request, wait, read, write so that God can bless you. They have a habit. (laughs) They have a habit of coming true.